Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. I'd like to tell you a story from the Old Testament about Israel just after Joshua and the people of Israel had entered the Promised Land. Then Joshua had died and there was a period of turmoil, chaos. The Bible repeats this phrase that there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And this story from Judges chapter 17, you probably have not heard it before. You may have heard it before, but it's going to illustrate for us what happens to a society when families and churches no longer follow God's ways. And this is really, really important. I pray that you would listen to this and you would allow God to speak to your heart as he has spoken to my heart through the story. I read the story and I saw, first of all, how the family unit is a small thing. And we may think it's not important if we don't follow God's ways in our family. And then I realized that the family unit affects bigger things and eventually society. And then I looked in this story at how church and worship uh, can go off track from what God says is the right way to worship. And I thought, you know, many, many of us just veer a little bit off and we say, well, it's not important. I'm going to do it my way. This is what I feel is right. And we think it's a small thing, but the impact is enormous on the society. And we're going to see in these two chapters, Judges 17 and 18, how important it is that we find out God's ways, that our heart is fully towards serving Him and honoring Him and doing things His way and pleasing Him. Because if not, we think it's a small thing for my family to be off track. It's a small thing in my church if we do things slightly wrong. But the results are really, really significant. So I'll start with the family. Judges 17 verse 1. It's quite a long story. Stick with me. Try and remember all the characters because they're important. There's a man called Micah and there's a man called Jonathan. And I'm going to show you about them. And then there's a few others as well. Now, there was a man from the mountains of Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said to his mother, the 1100 shekels of silver that were taken from you and on which you put a curse, even saying it in my ears, here is the silver with me. I took it. So Micah goes to his mom and he says, I, I took your money. I stole from you, mom. You had set aside this money. We're going to see she'd set it aside for worship and he had taken it and he brings it back. His mother said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my son. So when he had returned the 1100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord for my son to make a carved image and a molded image. Now, therefore, I will return it to you. Thus, he returned the silver to his mother. Then his mother took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to the silversmith. And he made it into a carved image and a molded image. And they were in the house of Micah. So what's happened here is a family has gone off track. Number one, there is no discipline. The, the son steals. He then brings it back. The mom says, no problem. That's okay. You can steal. Uh, she gives it back to him in worship. But instead of the 1100 being used for serving the Lord, they just take 200. So they partially giving it to the Lord. They, they're being a, a little bit uh, 
compromising in their generosity and in their service of the Lord. And then the big thing, instead of serving the Lord with it, they make graven or carved images, idols to worship in their house, which is terrible. Now, we might say, wow, that's that's awful. But we do this all the time. Families take detours from God's plan and God's way. And when our children do things wrong, we don't call them up on it. There isn't discipline, loving discipline, which I will talk about in other talks. But we need to have a way of guiding our children and our families in the way of the Lord to be honest in our service of the Lord and not to lie and say we're giving 1100 when we're only giving 200, but then not to have idols, things that we worship more than God. So that's the first part is family. When a family goes wrong, it all starts with a man stealing from his mum, and then some weird stuff happens with that money. Let's read on verse five. The man Micah had a shrine. So we're going to talk about worship now and, and church. The man Micah had a shrine, which is already a weird thing, uh, especially in Old Testament Israel, to, to worship other than at the place where God is worshipped. The Ark of the Covenant. This was before the temple, but um, the Ark of the Covenant was in a place called Shiloh, and that's where they were supposed to worship. And there was a, a way of doing it, but God had told them this is the way to worship God. But he had made a shrine and made an ephod and household idols, and he consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that's the society we live in today. Everyone does what's right in their own eyes. I don't want to worship like this. I want church to be like this. I think we should do this. And we make idols that we worship instead of God. And we even make our family members priests or, or raise them up to, to weird positions. And this man was worshiping idols and, and he'd gone off track from God's plan. But it gets worse. Verse 7. Now there was a young man from Bethlehem and Judah of the family of Judah. He was a Levite and was staying there. So the Levites are the priestly tribe. In the Old Testament, they had been given land and provision and enough of everything. They were well looked after and well provided for, and they were supposed to serve God around the Ark of the Covenant, which later became the temple. This man um, was a Levite. And in verse 8, it says, The man departed from the city of Bethlehem in Judah to stay wherever he could find a place. Then he came to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, as he journeyed. And Micah said to him, where do you come from? So he said to him, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm on my way to find a place to stay. So this is a priest who is not serving God the way God wants, and he's not doing God's will. He's looking for his own adventure, his own fulfillment, his own well-being, and maybe a fortune, fame and fortune. So he said to him, I'm a Levite. Verse 10, um, Micah said to him, dwell with me. And be a father and a priest to me, and I will give you ten shekels of silver per year, a suit of clothes, and your sustenance. So the Levite went in. Then the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man became like one of his sons to him. So Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and lived in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will be good to me since I have a Levite as a priest. 
So this Levite's name, we're going to find out a little bit later, was Jonathan. And he is a wandering priest. He's not serving God. He's serving his own desires, needs. He's not following God's prescribed way of worship. He is selling his services to whomever. And Micah takes him in. You know, it's amazing how the devil makes opportunities. When our hearts are going astray, we find more opportunities to go astray. And this priest and Micah were made for each other. Micah is wanting to serve God in different ways. He's looking for a priest. This priest is wanting to not follow God exactly, but they want a veneer of God and they want to say it's correct. And so they still use ephods. They still call it priests. It says Micah consecrated Jonathan as his priest, said, you be my father, but I'm the one paying you 10 shekels and a suit every year. And I'm going to look after you. You are my priest and my father, but you are my priest and my father. There's this weird dynamic where instead of God being the king and he has a way that worship is supposed to be done and his servants, if they do it his way, are supposed to speak his will and the people are supposed to obey to serve God. It's got all turned upside down and they say, we want to call it a priest. We want to call it worship. We want to call it uh, God's way, but it's our way. We all have mixed motives. We all want control and manipulation. The priest is wanting fame and his own adventure and to do things his way and to get rich. And Micah is wanting someone he can control, but he can still call him his priest. Worship has become twisted. It still has the name God on it, but it is not God's way. So we see here a family and a worship system that is turned around. It's, it's perverted. You know, uh, often the New Testament says that, that the devil comes as an angel of light. If the devil appeared to us in pure evil and said, do this evil thing, uh, turn away from God, blaspheme, most of us would say no. But when it comes with the veneer of godly language or religion, uh, so for instance, the mum just letting her son steal the money and, and all these different compromises they made, uh, we could say, well, she's doing it out of love. She, she's being loving, but actually it wasn't God's way. And God's way is loving because it produces God's results. The, the priests here, we could say, well, listen, it's not such a big deal. They're not worshiping in Shiloh. They're worshiping at his house. Yes, they've made some images, which God says is not to be done. And they're worshiping some idols. Okay. But, you know, at least they've got the ephod, which is God's thing. And at least they're calling him a priest. And he is a Levite after all. And, and so th there's all these things where we can say it's okay. And I just want to say to you, God's way is God's way. He says it because it's the best way. He says it because it's important that we follow what he says. But the biggest issue and the most important thing is who is the boss? Am I doing things to serve God or am I saying it's to serve God, but I'm really serving my own appetites, my own ambition, my own needs? Now, I feel strongly about this because I believe that we as a society have gone as bad, if not worse, than they did in the book of Judges. Everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes today. Everyone says, well, it's my truth. This is what I believe. He's my Jesus. And you say to them, well, describe your 
Jesus, your religion, your way of church, your belief structure. And they'll take a bit of this and a bit of that religion and a bit of their own ideas and a bit of something else. And all the while there's hidden motives. And at the very base of it is, I don't want to do what God tells me to do. I don't want God to be the Lord of my life. I am the Lord of my life, but I want him to bless my mixed motives and wrong desires. Those are harsh words, I know. But I believe it's important because if we get the family right and worship right, it affects the whole of society. If we get it wrong, we can think it's a small thing not to discipline our kids or to have an idol of something other than God or to only half worship God or to structure our churches in such a way that God is not the Lord. The person who pays the salary is the Lord. We can think that's a small thing. I want to show you it affects the whole nation and the whole world. And we need to get back. We need to say, God, take us back. We're so sorry. Break our hearts for going our own way and saying it's in your name and help us to turn back to you. Chapter 18, verse 1. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So there's another tribe called Dan, and they had been given allocated land. You know, when the Israelites came into the promised land, each of them was allocated a piece of land, and they had to then go in and take it with God's help. But God said, I've given you this land. It's yours. I'm with you. You can do it. But the Danites had failed. There were enemies in their piece of land, and it says that the, the land had not fallen to them yet. So they wanted to serve God or they wanted to say they were serving God. They wanted the veneer and the, the name of being religious and God's people. But they were seeking a different land from the one God had given them. Wow, I'm challenged by that. How often do we say, God, I'm serving you, but I don't want what you want. I don't want to do things the way you say. You know, God says that we're supposed to marry another believer. Many people say, well, I, I want to serve God and I want him to bless us, but I, I, I want this other thing. I don't want to marry a believer. Friend, I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but this is God's word. And we've got to get back to what God says is true. Verse 2. So the children of Dan sent five men from their family, from their territory, men of valor from Zorah and Eshtael, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. While they were at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? He said to them, Thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me. I've become his priest. So they said to him, Please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So the five men departed and went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far from the Sidonians 
and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtael, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And 600 men of the family of the Danites went from there, from Zorah and Eshtel, armed with weapons of war. Then they went up and camped at Kirjith Jerem in Judah. Therefore they call that place Mahane Dam to this day. Uh, and they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim, and they came to the house of Micah. What's happening here? There is a tribe who are supposed to be God's people. They're supposed to be serving God. They've been given God's instructions. You know, when God gives us promises, just like the promised land, he'd said to Dan, these are the, the boundaries. This is the description and the limitations of the land I've given you. And I am with you. When God gives us promises and instructions, he is with us when we walk in them and they're for our good. They said, we want God to be with us, but we don't want to go where he wants us to go. We want to go another way, but we still want a priest to bless us. And they happened, happened to find this priest, Jonathan, in the house of Micah. You see, often the devil will make it seem like doors are opening for us. Oh, there's a sign. This must be of God. We're in God's will. But often if we're going off track, it just becomes easier and easier because the enemy is trying to make it easier for us. They found this priest, Jonathan, who had already sold himself. He was no longer serving God. He was serving whoever paid him. He was serving his own interests, his own security, his own happiness. As long as I get a 10 shekels, a suit, my sustenance, a pension and, and a good future, then I'll, I'll be in this job. And God was not the boss. And they said to him, Tell us, are we going to be blessed? He said, yes, you'll be blessed. Friends, they were not going to be blessed. They were going outside of God's plan. And nowadays, you see, this is what happens when family and worship gets corrupted. It starts to spread. And so the, the priest starts to tell people, yes, this is okay to do this. God is with you. And they start going off and, and they, they go to this place called Laish which is a quiet, peaceful place. These are Sidonians. They, they don't deserve to be treated this way. They're not Dan's property to invade, but Dan says, we're going to wipe them out. And there is a reason God gives his commands, because if we go out of them, it may seem happy and, and joyful and pleasurable at the time, but there is always an end that leads to death. Proverbs 14 says, there is a way that seems right to men, but the end of it is death. And if we go outside of God's plans, it's not good. This priest, Jonathan, in Micah's house should have said, no, go back to the land God has given you. Believe in God. Have faith in God. Be brave. Don't be cowards. Don't run away from the challenges God has given you and take the easy route. Have some faith. Have some boldness. But when your families have been so compromised and your worship system is no longer serving and following God's ways, then we start to go further and further off track. I'm challenged. I hope you are as well. Verse 14, Then the five men who had gone out to spy the country answered 
and said to their brethren, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, household idols, a carved image, and a molded image? Now therefore consider what you should do. So they turned aside there. They came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. So now this army of people from Dan, they're going up to invade peaceful, innocent well, nobody's innocent, but they're trying to invade this, this land of Laish. And on the way, they stop off at Micah and his false priest and his false worship. They say, look, there's idols here. There's worship. There's all these different things. Um, and verse 16, so the 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the land went up. Entering there, they took the carved image the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priests stood at the entrance of the gate with the 600 men who were armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be quiet, put your hand over your mouth, and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be a priest to the household of one man or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? So the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod and the household idols and the carved image and took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock and the goods in front of them. When they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you that you have gathered such a company? So he said, You have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and you've gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me, What ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. Friends, we get to a place where there is competition, there is compromise, and we take the easy route and people intimidate other people. It becomes a place of, of intimidation and coercion. Competition, coercion and compromise is what is the, are, are the hallmarks of this society even within churches. So now we have two worship groups fighting for one another and they say, we're going to take your priest and your goods. And, and the priest says, hold on, what are you doing? And they say, you better put your hand over your mouth if you know what's good for you. And they, they intimidate him and he says, ah, oh, this is God's will. It's better for me to serve a big tribe than a little family. And Micah has lost everything. The little church that was left behind chase after. And they say, what, what's up? What's wrong? And he says, well, you've taken everything of mine. They say, if you know what's good for you, you'll go back. And he quietly just slinks back into the shadows. And all of this in the name of serving God. Wow. Can you see any, any parallels with our society? The, the manipulation, the coercion. You know, we, we force people into silence by saying the crowd will be against you. We shame them and we put them under fear. And we say, if you speak out God's will, then the whole crowd will be against you and you'll be canceled. And that's what happens here. It's a terribly tragic situation. Let's read the final part of the story. Verse 27. So they took the things Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him. <laughs> the priest, does your, does your minister belong to God or does he belong to you? Does he serve God and speak God's word? Or does he say what 
will make you happy because you pay him and you've got him. He's your priest. Friends, we've got to serve God, yes, but there should be a minister who is not afraid to speak God's word and challenge us. And we change for God, not God change for us. And they went to Laish to a people quiet and secure, and they struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. That is such a, a tragic verse. This is the end result. Death, sadness, destruction, people getting killed who shouldn't be killed. There was no deliverer, verse 28, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Bethrehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there, and they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. The final verses. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan, until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he'd made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Can you see that their children, generations were affected? This went on for 300 years until eventually there was a captivity. Captivity is the end result. Friends, I want to tell you that we have repentance. We have grace. We have the Spirit of God and we have the Word of God and we can turn back. If one individual, one family, one little group of believers turns back, God says, now I can start to rebuild again. We can turn back right now. We can say, God, I'm so sorry that I've been following my own desires. I've been following other things other than you. I want to do things your way. The New Testament shows us how worship should be. Jesus said in John 4, we should worship not in a temple. It's not about a place. It's about spirit and truth, worshiping God wholeheartedly. And there are many instructions in the New Testament about how churches should be run and that there should be leadership who are able to speak for God without fear or favor and who are not being controlled by money or by a group of people who are not really serving God. We need to get back to God, but it starts with the individual. If Micah's heart had not been turned, maybe his family would not be turned. Maybe the whole worship system would not have been turned and maybe the whole nation would not have been in captivity and division with Shiloh and Laish as two separate places of worship and idol worship going on. If we can turn back to God, things can change. Father, I pray that you would inspire us, empower us, help us to serve you. God, we're sorry where we've pretended to serve you, but we've been serving our own ego or our own needs and desires. We want to turn back to you. And I pray for churches and families that would turn back and become strong and not compromise anymore. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.